take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3. As we look at the end of that chapter in the first verse of chapter 4 in the series entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? And today we land with the family and we land in the workplace. Those two places where God has called us as Christians to reflect the person of Jesus Christ. Some of you are looking at this passage of scripture today and you might think, well, pastor, I'm not married or not married anymore, or I'm retired and I'm not in the workplace. And so we're going to look at how God will teach us and lead us to reflect Christ, even if our situation at home or in the workplace has transitioned. The title of the message today is, where is your influence? How does God use you to make a difference for Christ and where does he call you to do that? This was a week that has been coming all summer long. It was back to school. The look of faces of children. The other night at the open houses when we passed out some snacks and water bottles, the kids, some of them were very excited, but those three kids are all by themselves. The rest of the kids, not so much. Parents were skipping through the hallway because it was finally back to school. And kids acted like, I just need another month to sleep in. In fact, Lindsey Wilson has their move-in day this Saturday, so I know the college students and the college faculty have mixed feelings about that. But this week has come. Now it's back to school. Well, I grew up reading every Sunday. I grew up reading the Peanuts comic strip. And there was one where there was a conversation between Peppermint Patty and Charlie Brown. And Peppermint Patty walks up to Charlie Brown and, he's, and she says, Chuck, it was the first day of school and I landed in the principal's office. And he has this look, of course, you know, he has this look on his face like, what does this have to do with me? And Peppermint Patty says, and it's all your fault, Chuck. He says, why is it my fault? I didn't do anything to make you go to the principal's office. Why are you blaming me? Why is it my fault? And she said, well, you're my friend, aren't you, Chuck? You should have been a better influence on me. <laughs> there are a lot of kids that going back to school, they'll end up in trouble and it'll all be somebody else's fault. But you look inside of a family. Why is a wife not following in the footsteps of Christ? Well, it's the husband's fault. Why is the husband not leading the family the way he should? Well, it's the kid's fault. Why are the kids not obeying the parents? Well, it's society's fault. Everybody has a finger to point. But God tells us this morning, our influence comes from within. And it's not somebody else's fault for how we fall short of the glory of God, but it is all on us to take a stand for Jesus, both in the home and in the workplace, and make sure that Christ is having an influence on us so that we don't lose our influence where God has called us to stand strong. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18, we will find out where our influence is really is. If you found that passage of scripture and you're able to, would you stand as we read this text of scripture together? Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18, the Bible says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. 
Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong that he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Fathers, we come together as a family, a family of believers that seek to reflect the character of Jesus Christ. God, may you speak to all of our hearts and our minds today individually, as a church body, but also, Father, as individual homes that are assembled here today. Father, each of these homes, some of them may be a home of one, some of them may be a home of many. But God, we all have a responsibility and have a given influence from your Holy Spirit that needs to be reflected beyond just ourselves. God, may you help us to respond to you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This passage of Scripture speaks to influence. It tells us as believers that there are two primary places where God has called us to have influence, and that is in the home and also in the workplace. And as Paul begins as this teaching passage in this very uh, insanely practical text says, as he begins in the home, he starts with the wife and the husband and the children and then back to the fathers. And this text of Scripture teaches us that we must first of all be an influence for Christ at home. That is where we live, this place that God has given us, this lighthouse in our community where we rest our head at night. God has called us to be an influence for Christ at home. Look in verse 18, this very familiar but also difficult pill to swallow verse. For ladies here today, the Bible says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And Paul is calling women calling wives inside the home to gravitate to and fall under the godly leadership of the husband. Now, Paul speaks to the husband and what that looks like in just a moment, but he starts, first of all, with the wives saying that inside the home, the wife is to gravitate toward and to be attracted to and desire to follow the godly leadership that her husband offers. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5. As Paul describes this even further in verses 22 and 24, he says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. You see, this is a double-edged sword, ladies. This is not giving the husband the right to lord anything over you, this cuts him as well. Because in order for a wife to submit to her husband as to the Lord, the husband must submit to Christ as is fitting in the home. 
You see, that godly leadership is not a right for a husband to just take charge and to, to bark orders and to sit in a chair and be served. No, this is an exercise in a small picture of the church. In fact, as Christ has laid down his life to serve the church, the husbands are called to lay down their lives and to serve their families by giving them the godly leadership that they too have fallen under, under the lordship of Jesus. You see, uh, fathers and, and husbands specifically, you're not the Lord of your house. Jesus is. And when Jesus is the Lord of your house and you fall under his leadership, then that is the quality of leadership that you're giving your wife to follow as well. Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. This is a chain of godly leadership. Now, some of you ladies are looking for Mr. Right. Please don't settle for Mr. Right now. Wait for the man that God has uniquely crafted together for you and have the standard, girls, that you will not settle for anyone other than someone who falls under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Now, you might have found a guy who is Mr. Right now who's not quite right yet. Make sure you tell him what your standard is and kick him in the rear to get there. <laughs> Let him know that you like him but you will only say I do when he says I do to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. In fact, when a lady is about 22, she might have this description of Mr. Wright, what she wants in a man. At age 22, she wants handsome, charming, financially successful, a caring listener, witty, in good shape, dresses with style, appreciates the finer things, full of thoughtful surprises, and imaginative and a romantic. Where is he? <laughs> so at age 42, what she wants in a romance, her revised list sounds more like not too ugly, doesn't belt or scratch in public, works steady, doesn't nod off while I'm talking, usually remembers the punchlines of jokes, is in good enough shape to rearrange the furniture, JJ, we made it, usually wears matching socks and fresh underwear, remembers to put the toilet seat lid down, and shaves on the weekends. Now you talk about a list with low expectations. All ladies everywhere, because of what the Bible says about submitting to the husband as is fitting to the Lord, should have the standard that is no lower than a man who submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because that is worth submitting to. And so the Bible says, if you're going to have an influence in the home, ladies, your greatest influence is falling under the lordship of Jesus, and that leadership is provided by your husbands. Now, look in verse 19. Paul says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Now, some of you ladies are thinking, boy, they got off easy on this one. But you see, that word love is one that is so packed full of truth. In fact, Paul, in, in Ephesians chapter four, just, or chapter 5, as he did for the ladies, and expanded upon that, listen to what he says in Ephesians 5 for the men. 
He says, husbands, love your wives. And then he says, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Then in verse 28, he says in Ephesians 5, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Guys, we are called as men of influence in the home to love our wives in the same way that Jesus loves the church. That dear, sweet, precious wife that is on your arm, who promises not to roll her eyes behind your back, often, but is there to pray for you and encourage you and love you, you have a responsibility to lay down your life for her. Not just in times of nobility, not just in times when other people are watching, but the Bible says just as Christ loves the church, you are to be willing to serve her and put her needs first. That's not a description of the home where the man is large and in charge where he sits on his throne and barks orders. No, this picture of a home is where the husband lays down his life to serve his wife and his family. And the wife then lays down her life and falls under the leadership of Jesus Christ that her husband has fallen under. This is a beautiful picture of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And this is a gospel influence in every single home. Guys, perhaps you're dating and you haven't found Mrs. Wright just yet. You've had a couple of trial runs and you've been out fishing and you realize that there's quite a few fish in the pond. And maybe going back to school, maybe going back to college, maybe going to work and you're, you're wondering where is she? The Bible gives you the greatest piece of advice on trying to find Mrs. Wright, and the Bible says here, love her and do not be harsh with her. We are called to build her up. If you want to really find a wife that is going to fall under the leadership of Jesus Christ, that you have fallen under, always remember that your responsibility is to build her up. In fact, someone once said, words are powerful. For instance, when you tell a woman... You look cool? That goes over pretty well. When you tell her she doesn't look so hot, that doesn't go over as well. You may think you're communicating the same thing, but women have all of these layers that they read and read into. Be careful with what you say. And remember, silence is golden. But we are to build them up and to love them and to support them so that they have something worth following. Verse 20, again looking inside the home, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now again, this is found inside a Christian context of a Christian home. Parents are not to force their children or demand upon their children to do something that is immoral to do something out of anger because the very next verse says fathers don't provoke your children don't aggravate them with this sense of leadership in fact inside the home there should be this great willingness to be obedient to the person of Jesus Christ to be willing to be obedient to the word of God that children just naturally fall in line with being obedient because the parents are following Christ 
And so the children are following the parents. A lot of our children went up to children's church, so I can't really get a, a show of hands. But for the students that are still in here and our older children that are in here, you don't have to raise your hand. You can just do it by eye contact. Have you ever thought that your parents were nuts? Have you ever thought they were wrong? Have you ever thought, <laughs> there's no way in the world that I'm doing that? I see my kids raising their hand in the balcony. <laughs> we'll see if they get to eat today. <laughs> but there are so many times that as a child, it rages against our natural nature to do what we're told. But the Bible says, children, obey your parents in everything. Why should a child fall under the leadership of their parents? Why should they do what their parents called them to do? Because I'll give you the, the, the best answer that I can give you. Because they said so. Because the parents sometimes, we look at the word of God, we hear what the Bible says, we sense God's spirit moving in us, and we have the same spirit of disobedience. And we say to God, why should I? And God says, because I said so. Because his word is right. His way is correct. His way keeps us from danger. And so kids, anytime you think, hey, I know better than my parents do. They've been there, done there, got the t-shirt and the scars to prove it. You can learn from their mistakes. But the best way to learn is to learn through obedience and falling under the godly leadership that your parents seek to give to you. Fathers, in verse 21, he says, Do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Again, fathers, just as we build up our wives, dads, just as we build up our wives, and we have a home that is encouraged and desires to follow the leadership of Christ in leading our children, we do it in such a way that we don't bring out the whip, that we don't bring out the iron fist, and we just beat them over the head constantly and continually because our tone means so much. The intention behind our correction means so much. Now, sometimes there is corrective action. Sometimes there is punishment that is just not fun to administer. I remember my dad using the phrase that a lot of parents did, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I thought he was full of it then. But I get it. Because as a parent, you desire to see your children obey and to go the right direction rather than to use that corrective measure. However, even when that corrective measure is done, the spirit in which it is done should be gentle, it should be in love, and it should be to get them back to obedience. Well, it's football season. Back to school usually means it's fall, and fall usually means... It's football. There's lots of season ticket holders that are excited. People already, you already have your schedule lined out for the fall. DirecTV even has some commercials about DirecTV Sunday NFL ticket. You can buy and watch every NFL game on Sunday. You won't because you come to church, but you could if you didn't. But they're just gearing up for Sunday football. One of the commercials that I saw shows a young dad going to his son's bedroom door, and the son's maybe eight, nine years old, sitting on his bed. 
And the dad looks at him and he just rattles all of this advice off. He says, hey son, I think we need to have a talk. He said, a firm handshake goes a long way. Nobody likes a snitch. Whatever the contractor tells you, add six months. Never get the extended warranty. Change your own oil. Birds, bees, you get it, right? And then he turns and runs off to go sit down in front of the couch to watch TV. Dad, you know the best way to share with your children that they're not a priority? Have as quick and few conversations as possible and show them by your example that something is more important than they are. I saw that commercial and I thought, you know, that might get people to buy NFL Sunday ticket, but it's sure not a good model for a family. We ought to be willing to turn the TV off and to sit down with our sons and our daughters and pour our lives into them and tell them what the Word of God says. Tell them the victories and tell them the defeats that we've had in our spiritual journey. Pour into them and study the Word of God with them. That's far more important than sitting on a couch watching a football game because that's not going to help them have the character that they need. Husbands, wives, you need to spend time together. You need to make each other a priority, not the books that you like to read, not the TV shows that you like to watch, not the outings that you like to go in here and there, but you need to sit down with each other, love each other, talk to each other, and spend time together. And when we do that, the Bible says that's when the influence of Christ flows through our home and out into the community. I want you to notice that the Bible tells us not only to be an influence for Christ in the home, but then secondly, Paul tells us to be an influence for Christ at work. Notice these last few verses in chapter 4, or chapter 3 rather. The Bible says in verse 22, how can we be an influence for Christ at work? He says to bond servants or uh, slaves or employees, they all mean the same thing. He says bond servants obey in everything. Those who are your earthly masters. He says, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Now, those of you that still are earning a paycheck and you have a boss, you have an employer, you have somebody that holds you accountable to do your job. The Bible is telling us that as an employee, one of the greatest ways that you can fall under the leadership of Christ is to do things as though you are serving Christ himself. Now, you might look at the paycheck, and it doesn't say paid by Jesus Christ. It doesn't say that you are an employee of the gospel of Jesus, but it might say who it is in that place of business that tells you what to do. And so as an employee, one of the best ways that we can show our faithfulness to Christ is to do whatever it is that we do as though we are serving Jesus. Notice again in verse 22. He says, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Now, some of your employers might put the fear of the Lord in you if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Some of you may have the fear of God that you're going to get fired if you don't do what you're supposed to do. But that's not what Paul means. He means as an employee, when you're sitting there at your desk, when you're talking to other people, when you're doing your job, 
that you do so because you know that God is watching. You do so because you know that God has given you the skills and the abilities to do this vocation that he's called you into. Verse 23, he says, Because whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. See, some of you look at that paycheck and you say, Well, Pastor, I sure wish it was double. You look at your 401k or your retirement, you say, I wish it was a whole lot more than that. And sometimes by doing the right thing, you might actually lose your job. Sometimes by taking a stand and not cutting corners and doing the immoral thing, you might actually lose your paycheck. But God reassures you that you have an inheritance in heaven, even when your bank account gets low, even when your retirement account is not all that you hope it would be, you have an inheritance in heaven. Let me give you a personal example and within my own family. Without really naming a whole lot of names, my brother-in-law had an opportunity as a manager for a company, which will remain nameless, but he was a manager of this particular company. And he had an employee under him that did not meet the standard. He helped this employee. He went alongside him and tried to encourage him, tried to work with him. And when somebody else heard that my brother-in-law as manager was helping this employee who wasn't quite meeting the standard, my brother-in-law's boss called him into his office and fired him on the spot because he said he should have fired that employee. Now, my brother-in-law is a believer in Christ, and he, trying to help this man keep his job, do the best he can, and was trying to train him. But his immoral boss that did not love the Lord fired my brother-in-law on the spot, and God provided a job for my brother-in-law almost immediately. Because, friends, that's how God works. You may feel as though you are exposed in the workplace and have no friends and no hope, but I'm telling you, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Work hard, knowing that God is the one who is the ultimate judge of wrong and the ultimate blesser of those who do right. Because we know that we have a reward in heaven. He says in verse 25, the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong that he has done, and there is no partiality. Then finally, he says in chapter 4, verse 1, masters or employers, he says, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Some of you are managers. Some of you are business owners. Some of you have people serving and working under you. Friend, just like in the home, the home is not designed for you to sit on a throne and call the shots, and the same is true in the workplace. Everything that we are a part of falls under the lordship of Jesus Christ, whether it's in the home as a husband, guys, whether it's to submit to the husband as to the Lord, wives, in the home, or as an employee or an employer in the workplace. Everything that we do, every breath that we take, every action that we perform, every decision that is made ought to be made under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
And sometimes those are difficult decisions to make. Sometimes those decisions don't come easily, whether it's in the home or in the workplace. A lot of times, if not almost every time, that silver is mined. It's mixed with other stuff. And to make silver pure for some purpose and for some production, it has to be refined. Silver has a melting point of 2,200 degrees in order to get it hot enough to melt off anything that's mixed with it to get silver pure. You know how a silversmith knows when it's hot enough and when it's pure enough and when he has melted away every ounce of impurity in that silver, he knows it's ready when he can see his own reflection in that silver. Friend, there are times in your life, whether in your home or at work, that the temperature is going to get turned up. There's going to be some difficulty in the home. There's going to be some problems at work. There's going to be some frustration in families. There's going to be some relationships that aren't working. There's going to be times that the temperature is turned up. Look at those moments as God refining you to pull out anything that is impure in your life, to pull away anything that doesn't belong, and to melt it off so that he can see his reflection in your home. Think about your house. Think about your influence in the home. Are you reflecting perfectly the person of Jesus Christ and how you lead and how you love and how you submit and in how you obey? When you look at the reflection of your life in the home, is Jesus there? When you think about how you work and, and how you lead a business or how you serve those that write your paycheck, is a reflection of Jesus there in every decision and every aspect of your work environment or are there things that need to be burned off? From the safest time and the safest environment for you to get right with God is to not to wait until you get home and get in an argument with your spouse. Not to wait until you have some instrument in your hand where you want to beat your children silly other than speaking to them and encouraging them to obey. Not waiting until your employer comes to you with a serious issue and just every ounce of fire and frustration builds up within you. No, the time to let the impurities fall off is now. So that when you get home, you can see the person of Jesus more clearly then than you did when you left today. So that when the next time that you step into your work environment, you're reflecting more of Jesus then than you did the last time you left. And the time to let Jesus turn the fire up and melt away anything that doesn't belong, the safest time to do that is now. What is it that God wants to do in your home and wants to do where you work that by those impurities mixed into your house and mixed into your place of employment, it's like a wall that the Spirit of the living God wants to break through if you'll only 
let the impurities melt away. Some of our lives, and perhaps someone here, there's so much impurity there, you're saying, Pastor, I don't know what to do with it all. I'm not a good person. I've got a lot of things wrong in my life. There's a lot of things wrong in my home, and there's a lot of things wrong at work, and I don't know what to do about it. My question to you is simple. Have you come to that moment in your life where you realize that it is your sin that is causing all those impurities, and you've never trusted Jesus Christ to take those impurities away, to save you from your sin and to save you from yourself, that that's the reason why he died on the cross, not to do a good thing, but to do the only thing necessary for you to be saved. Friend, he wants you to be pure and holy. And the only way that you can be is to let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you and wash you of your sin. And then, and only then, can you fall under the leadership of Jesus. If you've already made that decision, and there's still some things mixed in your home, there's still some things mixed in your workplace, there's still some things mixed into your heart, let Jesus today take away all those impurities so that every home, every employer, every employee here can be a better reflection of Jesus and have the influence he's called us to be. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? As we go to the Lord in prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's ask God to help us how we need to respond to him today. Our Heavenly Father, there are so many times that we want to do our own thing. We want to be our own person. We want to call our own shots. We want to be the kind of people, Father, whether it's at home or whether it's at work, that everything is done the way that we say. But God, your word tells us that there is a way that seems right to us, but in the end it leads to death and destruction. Father, would you help us to turn our will over to you? And let you have your way within us. God, would you speak to our hearts so clearly today that every household is transformed today by being a perfect reflection of your will lived out in their life. God, that can only be done through you having your own way within us. God, may we all bow our knee to the Lordship of Jesus today. If there is one here, Lord, that has never given their life to Christ, Father, would you speak to their heart right now in this moment? Call them to yourself. That today, they might be born again and begin their journey with Jesus to be a reflection of his grace. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.